Hey everybody, welcome to Don't Sit in the Front. This week I talked to the very funny stand-up comedian Mike Malloy. You can find him on Twitter at NiceOnlineBoy. That's his new account. Or you can find him on Instagram at FakeMikeMalloy. Mike runs my favorite recurring comedy show here in Los Angeles. It's called Faded. It's every Friday. Now they moved it outdoors. Vaccination required. It's just great. Uh, we spend the whole episode uh, just me drilling them with questions about that. Faded also has an online presence. They have a happy hour thing they do on Twitch where they have bartenders come and teach people how to make drinks and talk to comics. You can find uh, most of that info at Faded Comedy LA on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, this is a fun one. I know uh, listeners to Don't Sit in the Front have heard me talk about Faded a lot as one of my ideal shows. I was glad to hop on Zoom, talk to Mike for a bit about it. Thanks everybody so much for listening. I'll get right into the episode here with Mike Malloy. started here uh hey everybody welcome to don't sit in the front today i'm talking with very funny stand-up comedian uh ceo i'm not sure what the title would be the head the commissioner the yeah the the big boss the big the big boss of uh faded comedy uh la and it seems like uh you guys kind of branched out too and have a a Denver contingent you're affiliated with that that's you or is yeah that just- so or I'm um, so David's in charge of that um since David's mm-hmm. moved back to Denver I, I gave him my bless the blessing to to franchise the uh the show and uh you know we're uh we're growing we're building you know yeah uh on this show I've been asking from a fan's perspective I've been talking to different stand-up comics and asking uh places to perform kind of figuring out what's the best type of venue what shows feel good everybody has different answers for that question and then when people ask the question back on me one of my favorite shows to go to in la i always say uh, i mentioned faded and it's different iterations so i was like i gotta talk to uh i gotta talk to mike malloy at some point and kind of find out the history of that show and stuff but oh you mean I, you didn't find out much from sean about the goings of uh, the, the comings <laughs> and goings of faded yeah, uh, I had I told Mike uh, that I had talked to Sean Jordan on an early episode, and then you know just seeing that he had hosted it a few times, and I knew he might have something to do with it. But uh, that's kind of a reference to uh, he probably uh, was not very integral to uh, the functioning of all of that. He said you got to talk to Mike about all that, so that's why I reached out to Mike. Uh, but so and I'm excited. Uh, people are in LA listening. Uh, there's some listeners in LA. Should oh, yeah. definitely check out uh, Faded every Friday night. And now you moved it outside. So I wanted to hear about what was the decision making and moving it outside. Uh, the decision making was just that it just seemed like a good idea. And it was, you know, we were limiting the amount of capacity that we could have indoors. So it was pretty close to the number that we were doing 
outside anyway so we were kind of mm. just like all right why don't we just do it and at least give it a try and if it doesn't feel right we'll move back in or we'll start thinking of another plan but like i don't know like that we can only dress up that studio so much it's mm-hmm. still like at the end of the day an actor studio which is why it's probably not the right space for us long term which mm. you know we're, we're trying to we're trying to do something on that front but for the time being i feel like that little dirt pit in the in the grave of the von dutch suits us just fine we'll probably do a couple less we're doing less seats this week just because you were there last week it was pretty tight and Mm. uh you know it could we could use some more room to navigate and i think if we had maybe a little more standing room that'd probably do just as well yeah yeah it was tight in the way that i was sitting on in the front on the corner and uh every comic and had really just a great vibe, great names and stuff. But as they walked past, they were so close. They had to like say something. They'd be like, oh, I like your shoes. Or, oh, <laughs> is it, just going to sneak past you here. Yeah. Um, and then I just want to say like last Friday when I went, it there's been, you know, I've been going back to stand up for the last few months that it's been back. But last night outside, just that really felt like even though we're outside, it felt like it was back. Yeah. Um, the vibe was really good. You kind of get the fall air coming uh, it was cool for LA standards and it's just like a really good vibe. Great lineups as always. Yeah. Um, so at, at least from one out of, I don't know, 30 something, I don't know how many, how many people do you get in that uh, space now? Uh, we had 50 in there and that was, that was probably too much. We had fit, we had 50 seats and we probably had 60 people in there as far as like comics in the back of the room and stuff like that. So we'll probably yeah. cut it down to, we cut it down to 40 this week and then we'll see what we can fit as far as standing room. We might do like a projector outside of the outside of the thing. So like, I mean, people can hear from that, from the outside. So it's not a huge, mm. huge hindrance and we'll block off that, you know, that area with cars or something, but we'll, we'll figure out something. Yeah. Just want to say from one, one attendees perspective, uh i love it outside i love like and i love the fact that you always had vax required yeah uh, i've talked to different people on this podcast not every show obviously is doing that even in la but it always just felt better and with delta variant and all that stuff um yeah. you run we into lost, issues with we haven't that lost anybody i mean no we haven't we haven't lost a single person that i think would have attended the show mm-hmm. i mean maybe uh, i've had a couple people in our instagram messages being like you guys are Hitler. And it's just like, I think you should look that guy up because I don't yeah. think this is similar. I don't think yeah. this is, uh, I don't think I'm Hitler. To be frank, uh-huh. uh, you know, I, I don't think we'd have lost anybody worth having at a comedy show. Mm-hmm. Not a, these people aren't good people. They aren't fucking selfless people. They aren't going to sit there and, and listen to somebody else. They don't fucking listen to reasonable people. Why? Yeah. Why? my dumbass. so mm-hmm. uh you know we haven't lost any good comedians who, who am i gonna not be able to get fucking jim brewer tim yeah. allen. am i not gonna be able to get tim allen now oh geez louise what am i gonna do that's gonna uh-huh. be a real hit to our fucking numbers and then even uh that's you're at that place on melrose uh mm-hmm. in after the pandemic just before the pandemic um you had moved locations a couple times but what what's how can we hear like the what's the recent history of faded i want to hear like where was the first place and how did it start well the first place was at blue rooster which is where i was running on deck with jamal it was um a just a, an art supply store that, that we had found and mm. 
they were letting us run shows in the back of it. Say this art studio that they weren't using on a Saturday night so, or <laughs> Saturday night for on deck and then Friday night. Uh, the four of us honestly were just sitting around me, David, Sean and Zach. We're just sitting around being like, we're hanging out every Friday night anyways. Why don't we try to like put some, put something into this and, and have something for ourselves. And at the very least, like if it doesn't work, we're still hanging out the same way we would on a Friday night anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just went to, to Blue Rooster. I already had a decent relationship with them through on deck and they were like, Hey, yeah, you take Friday nights. We were there for about a year before mm-hmm. they were like, Hey, we're doing construction to our shit and you guys got to get out of there for a while and we'll revisit it when, once things open back up. Um, that never happened because of the pandemic, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, we bounced around to, we were at a spot in mid city, which if, if you, we have said is not canon, did not happen as far as we are concerned. Yeah. Uh, it was just, it was just a bad experience. We got promised a lot of things going into it as far as just I like autonomy I like to just be able to do what I'm going to do and mm-hmm. not have it be a huge thing and if it is a thing just let me know we can course correct and don't treat me like a fucking child don't scold me it just mm-hmm. like this is a business relationship I'm not like you're not like their kids they're allowing to have a weekend you're not, party you're not or doing, yeah you're not you're not doing me a favor renting me this space you're doing a transaction I'm giving you money and mm-hmm. like don't like don't act you know betrayed over certain things like especially when i'm like hey this isn't working out if you freak out about that sort of thing then we were never supposed to be in business together in the first place mm-hmm. yeah and then i wonder if it sounds like it started very organically with just like you said we're hanging out anyway let's you know we can work on our stand-up we can invite cool mm-hmm. people in to perform there's an audience for it did you have any ideas? Um, and I, I'm, I'm really picking at the nitty gritty of this just because it's a lot of what I do on this podcast is because I just love the live stand-up experience. I've been kind of exploring it, especially coming out of the pandemic when we couldn't do it for so long. And But did you have any ideas of like, this is the show that, this is what we want to do differently. This is the show we want to make. The stupid idea that we had initially on the show was that we have music playing during our sets, like, Hmm. quietly and that that didn't last the fucking the first 20 minutes we eventually we were just like hey this is stupid we're gonna pivot and just make a stand-up comedy show because that's what it should have been to begin with Mm -hmm. um i mean the the plan was pretty much the same that it was with on deck obviously without the gimmick because on deck was very much the people who came to on deck came every month like they you know half of our audience every month was there every month we had mm-hmm. you know 20 of our 20 of the people of the 100 seats that we sold had season tickets we that was something we did for on deck so we were just like all right well we have a like loyal enough fan base that'll come every week you know Ooh, if we have a yeah. room that's 100 people and we know 25 people are going to come every week well like we have a lot less to worry about than somebody that's trying to get a new fresh you know 50 people each week that's that's mm-hmm. a lot less to, to worry about and it's just you know we put it we made it affordable. We made it, you know, initially it was $10 and you could come with, you know, and you still can, you can come with your own beer. If you, if you want to have a, you know, a $15 night at faded, you can do that. You can do mm-hmm. it every week. Um, and especially in Los Angeles, there's not a lot of places that you can do that. There's not a lot of, you know, come that type of camaraderie. And there's a lot of people at faded that have like made their friends at faded. And I think that's fucking tight as hell. Like the fact that we have like, people that have like started dating that didn't know each other before Hmm. faded people that are just like friends that weren't 
friends with each other before this. That's like, mm-hmm. that's tight. And I think like, if that's the only legacy that this show leaves behind, like I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah. Is there any idea to uh, move back to the blue rooster spot? Or are you kind of like where you're at? That is the, the hope. Um, every once in a while, me and the owner get drunk and we'll fire off text messages back and forth saying, you know, let's, let's get the band back together. And mm-hmm. uh, I think there's, I think they're still in the middle of, of construction and they just opened up another store in Pasadena. So mm. I think if that were to happen, it would be a, it would be fantastic. I would love to have that to happen. If, uh, Nick, if you're listening, fucking let, let's get, let's get it going. Uh, uh, <laughs> I imagine but, uh, like everything in the kind of hobby DIY sphere, they must've had a boom of like, everybody's like, I'm going to finally get around <clears throat> to painting or I'm going to, yeah. yeah. And I think they did well to begin with because they did a lot of online sales. So I think they, mm. you know, and just there were so many people that came to Faded that were and came to On Deck that were just like, oh, I come to this store all the time. I didn't know there was comedy back here. It's just like, yeah, there wasn't. We made it back here. Like, mm. <laughs> it's such a cool nondescript space because you, the first time I went, I remember I walked up. You think you're then, in the wrong spot. So yeah, you yeah. There, you know, it's like, a brightly Not lit uh, art supply store. But then yeah. I saw I saw Sean Jordan and David Boris. I was like, I think, because I, I heard about it from AFE. So I was like, oh, I'm in the right spot. I just got to figure out how to get back there. And then there's this really cool, almost, you feel like you're in the arts district or something uh, yeah. in the back there. Uh, you go through a little deck area. Little and, alley. Yeah. So that is a cool spot. It was like cool being in the back of this place on Melrose too. And that's such like a busy spot with so much going on on a Friday night too. Uh, yeah bars and restaurants other stuff around it it was the the first time we did it back there so it was the first time that we had to see like what it would be like noise wise and that that pocket contains everything pretty well Mm -hmm. like there was no street noise that we could hear but also we went to the street and you couldn't hear a fucking peep from us either oh yeah that's perfect then yeah uh because you're from the your massachusetts boston area yep yeah i ask people how do you think where you're from influences your comedy um, I think, you know, I was always, I grew up around smart asses. Um, so that <laughs> certainly, um, is prevalent in my, in my standup. Um, mm. but I also, you know, it's, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really feel like a Boston comic per se. Like, I know there's a lot of people that like wear that with a badge of pride and it's like, Boston's where I'm from. And I think I would have got good I think I would have got good at stand up wherever I went because I was willing to work hard at it. And mm. I, I don't think there was any, but there weren't many people that in Boston that like fucking helped me or took me under their wing. Like Barry Crimmins was one, but that was about it. Mm. And so how long were you doing stand up in Boston? Uh, I want to say four, four years before I, I came out here. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so I started, I think it's, oh, shit, I must be coming up on 10 years. I think I started in 2011. Mm-hmm. I want to say like December, December or November of 2011. So coming up on 10 years, shit. 10 years, it's a significant anniversary chunk. You should do something for it. I feel like the last two shouldn't be held against me. Yeah. <laughs> the last two and the first three shouldn't be held against me. I've been doing this five years as far as I'm concerned. Hmm. I've been doing it for five years the the way that I've wanted to be doing it. Mm. Well, then I wonder, uh, you didn't, I know you guys had uh, faded online on Twitch. Like that was a really big saver for me, like in those first, especially first weeks and turned into months of uh, yeah. quarantine. 
just I remember that first week because I've said this a bunch on the podcast, so I won't go over all of it again. But I was out of the country and I came back right at the start of the pandemic. So I was on my own. I was in Korea. So then I was on oh, my wow. I was on my own self-imposed lockdown. Um and being like, oh man, this is because I was happy to move back and everything. But then all this was going down. And I thought I had escaped it. And I was like, I just can't wait to go back to faded. And then you know, I have my own self-imposed lockdown. Then you guys yeah. went on lockdown, everybody around me. And then you put it on Twitch. So it was like a very, it's going to be burned in my mind of like, kind of like trauma bonding of being like, <laughs> be like you, cause it's like, you guys are like on Twitch, like hanging out on the couch, looking at your phones, learning everything just as everybody yeah. else is. Some people are yeah, kind of doing stand up, like just talking. Yeah. I, yeah. And, and we didn't want it to be stand up because we just, I, I, I took a year off a year and a half off from stand up entirely. I wasn't mm-hmm. doing any of those online shows. Cause I just didn't feel like that was stand up. And I like, I felt like I could keep that, funny muscle you know keep working it with other things and you know obviously as soon as we we knew we had to go into lockdown we we did and we pivoted to to online as quickly as we could and you know we didn't have a fucking clue what we were doing but we just started throwing stuff you know it was just a fucking a a, a group chat mm. that other people could see essentially so it was uh it was fun and i really like we didn't really know what we were doing we really didn't monetize it and capitalize it uh, uh, capitalize it off it the, the way that a lot of other people who were just smarter about this shit did. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish we could have because uh, fucking uh, sitting on the sidelines and not working for a year and a half was not great. <laughs> and having some steady income would have been nice, but mm. uh, fucking we, it wasn't really, it was like we, we didn't know how long this was going to be. And especially like those first couple of weeks, we were just like, all right, well, like, we know that the bartenders that we're that we know aren't getting any money because they don't qualify for unemployment. So like, mm-hmm. what do we, what can we do there? Like, there's gotta be something we can do there. We like catching a buzz. Like we gotta, why don't we have some of these bartenders start teaching us how to make drinks. And like from that spawned happy hour. And like, that's something I've, you know, that was especially during quarantine. Like that was one of the few things that I had to like look forward to each Thursday. It was like, all right, I get to at least like bullshit with Danny and learn a couple new drinks and like, it really like helped me for like once I could start having like have like being a- around people again. Like the mm-hmm. first couple you know weeks after the vaccinations, I was like, "Oh, cool! Uh, hey, you're vaccinated. Come by my house. I'll make some cocktails." Like and like slowly mm-hmm. get me ready for socialization. Like I wasn't ready to be like out at a bar. I wasn't ready to be out out. But like you know, come come by the crib and I'll give you the going out experience for fucking no money. <laughs> How's yeah, that? Yeah. Well, then did sort of separate from Faded, did you as an individual stand-up comic do much on Zoom or any online stuff or Nothing. none? For a year mm. and a half, fucking Zippo. I like I wasn't even writing because I didn't want I didn't want any of my comedy to be like about COVID or about fucking any of that shit. I just kind of wanted to like, that's not my fucking comedy i'm not a fucking what am i gonna fucking make people feel better about shit or am i yeah. gonna like that's not my fucking that's not who i am like i'm mm. a fucking goofy goofy motherfucker like that's that's me so why you know i don't we don't need one man show mike we don't like that's not what anybody's <laughs> looking for well you mentioned uh you mentioned being uh like a lifelong smart ass that definitely comes through in the comedy and i think like the way you've been online even to the point that uh, it seems like you've been uh, on and off social media for uh yeah they got me for, yeah. for a while i was yeah i was on the bench since like may and then like in 
what was it September? Right, so yeah September 11th I came back because I, I wanted to ruin its birthday yeah everybody uh talks about like the kind of headspace that you kind of gain or something by not being on twitter but what did you did you feel like you gained anything from that or you're just like no i was still popping in on the faded one every once in a while saying what i needed to say and, and trying to stay out of trouble and not making sure i didn't get that account taken down but you know i was i was just as online as i, I had been i suppose i still mm. like even now i'm kind of like I'll post a thing or two a day, but like, I'm, there's not a whole lot of good that comes from it. I mean, I have like, you know, at least now, uh, like I will say like I, there was a time where like a lot of my good friends came from, you know, people I had met off Twitter. So like, mm. I can't knock it completely, but it's now it's just, it's a lot less fun than it used to be. And then on this show, it's, it's corny, but I, something I just always, looked for appreciated as I you know started liking stand up from like as a kid all the way up and then I started people put words to it. it was like I like when people punch up uh rather than down and then you know we could debate and argue about every little joke like is that punching up is that punching down but I do feel like even with the snarky smart ass tone you bring to it you are punching up and it's you know coming from like a kind of progressive place but uh but I wonder, like, that's why I ask, how does where you come from influence your comedy? Because I have to imagine, it seems like with some of your jokes, you're kind of comparing what you, Mike, out in the world are doing, thinking about how you were raised back where you're from, and then people's politics can change or not, depending oh, yeah. on they're changing their position. I wonder if, uh, I don't know, what could you say about that? Do you think, like, because I don't know where you're from in, in uh, Massachusetts, but, you know, you hear different things about the kind of meatheadedness. Yeah. You talk about it in your comedy. So I'm from I'm from Marion, which is a town near near Cape Cod, um, mm. but it's you know it's not it's not the city, which is why like a lot of times people when they hear I'm from Boston, they're just like, why do you talk like you understand how words work? And it's just like <laughs> I understand how words work. Yeah, uh, you know it's I don't know what to tell you, but mm. you know I'm not somebody that was always like that. You know my I think my kind of comedy is kind of a, a dumbass's appeal to uh, like current dumbasses like a former dumbass is like a, like a kind of scared straight for, for dumbasses <laughs> maybe i'd just be like hey you don't have to be shitty like i know you grew up with these fucking like ideas of what's what but like they're bad and you can stop at any time so like <laughs> that's sort of how i try to play it you know i don't try to like you know and that's not to say my comedy wasn't like that initially you know i look back on you know every comic looks back on jokes that he made whether they're you know the you know not even necessarily the political leaning of the joke mm -hmm. just that it's not probably good writing when you're first starting out uh mm -hmm. but like you know for me i look back and there's definitely some stuff i go oh fucking that's not that's not funny like that's mm -hmm. that, that's not funny and that's like also like what do you who who are you helping with that like who are you like are you are you doing more bad than good with that do you think like is there mm -hmm. a chance somebody in the audience like and it's not to say like you can you can't please everybody obviously you can't fucking like you know hit a thousand percent for the field but you can like take care and like you can make sure that like somebody doesn't have like a shitty time because of something you thought was like a cool thing to say mm -hmm. And that's something I liked about Faded is it's one it's a show that I invite friends to because I'm always like whatever they're doing and thinking about cultivating the lineups, it's going to be diverse. It's going to uh, and I just feel like no one's going to get picked on in the audience or if they yeah. are, it's a fun way. And then I just feel like I always feel safe about that one. Other ones, I have like a disclaimer where people are kind of new to stand up. I'm like, 
I don't necessarily know what's all going to be said on stage. It doesn't mean I appreciate it's a crap it. Shoot. Yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, especially with a lot of the independent shows. I mean, in the clubs too. I mean, the, you can't always trust what's being put in front of you. And that's unfortunate because now a lot of the, you know, as a, as a comedian, the onus has been placed on comedians to fill rooms. And that was not supposed to be the case. It used to be that, you know, comedy mm. clubs were the ones filling rooms because, hey, we're a good comedy club. We book good comics. We're going to put something good in front of you. You you know that. You come here, you see good comics. Like, maybe you haven't heard of this guy, but you're going to see somebody you like. And that's kind of the approach that we've taken with Faded. We don't advertise the lineups. If you want to say that they're on the show Friday, great, fucking awesome. But mm. I don't want to promise anybody that might not show up. So we don't. And whoever I have show up is going to be good. Like I've done, like I thought, when do I, when do I put a fucking dud in front of you guys? It's kind of mm-hmm. like the way that I look at it. Um, and you know, with, with uh, the people that know us, they, they know that they, they will come every week. And if there's two or three comics that they hadn't heard of going into it, there's probably two or three comics that they, they like at the end of the show that they didn't know about before. And that's pretty tight. Like it's, it's, good to have like your suspicions confirmed that you like this comedian but like it's even better when you had something that you didn't know you liked <laughs> yep that's a definite memory i have of like i'll leave uh, i'll leave a faded and like get on instagram and make sure i follow that person before i forget their name or anything like that and that's always like yeah. a great for a like, comedy nerd that's always that's why you go and we um, always try to be good about putting people over after the fact like that whole week we spent you know we're we're not posting pictures of who we got on this week we're showing you pictures of who we got on last week here's what you mm-hmm. missed here's the you know here's the, if you were at the show here's the person you want to follow like we try to make sure you can find those people after the fact because the people we fucking co-sign i do ask everybody what's your earliest memory of liking stand-up uh honestly it was a lot of, uh, I, I mentioned this last week when Norm Macdonald passed, but it was a lot of, you know, I didn't really get, there was no Comedy Central really in the in the area on our cable package until like the late 90s. Mm. So like most of my stand-up was watching Comic View on BET because for some mm. reason my cable did get that. And I remember just watching a ton of that. Um, you know, Bernie Mac, I remember that being like one of the first, the first like, stand-ups that i was just like holy shit like this is <laughs> this is what it is mm-hmm. and uh but i was never really like a huge stand-up guy i was just like it really wasn't until i was like in my 20s where i was just like oh this is something i can like do this is something i could actually like and I, it's it's fucking i was at a comedy show in maine like well, this girl that i was dating at the time it was from maine and she brought me to a bob marley show and everybody in maine's obsessed with this guy and I remember watching mm-hmm. this and just being like, like, uh, like clenching my jaw the whole time and just sitting there <laughs> just being like, I can do this. And it was like, I wasn't even like late fucking, was he good? I have no idea. But I was sitting there just being like, you could do this. Like you could do this. Why don't you fucking do this? And mm-hmm. like shortly thereafter did like the, the girl that I was dating and I had broke up and I was just like, all right, I got this free time and fucking let, let's go. Like, let's, let's do this. We're going to do this. Uh, mm. And I, it's stuck. I, I'm a sicko and I can't get enough of this shit. Yeah. What's, uh, uh, you mentioned Bernie Mac, like as a comic, I wonder how often do you watch the, I ain't scared of you motherfuckers clip. That's gotta be like the pump up <laughs> clip. <laughs> See, I, I don't, I don't watch a whole lot of stand up. Like I'm a big, like, I like the live experience. I'm the same way with like, um, like hockey. I don't really like hockey that much watching it on TV, but taking it to a fucking hockey game and I'm like, mm. 
Like I, I just, I don't, I don't get the same feeling watching stand up that I do from being at a stand up show. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Huh. Well, yeah, that's like, I guess that's a common among, I'd say it's like 50, 50. Some comics are like, love doing it, love watching it. And it's, but it's a hard split. Like other people are just like, love doing it, never watch it. Yeah. Uh, what's uh, what do you think is the best environment to perform stand up in? Uh, I mean, a, a space with as, as few distractions usually helps. Um, or, I mean, I mean, just a, are we talking about clubs in general that I like playing or like, that's what I, yeah, maybe I should have given the qualifier. So oh, that could either, yeah, yeah, either yeah. be a specific locale or a recurring show, or it could be about the setting. Uh, it could be like black box theater, large theater, bar, bookstore. Yeah, here's the okay. I gotta, I, okay, I, I gotta put a pause on you though, because I feel like okay. Here's something I talk about a lot. In the like East Side versus Club split, I don't know where I. And then people are like, "That's not whatever." No, to me as an audience member, and I go to a lot of stand up shows. I feel a certain way on the East Side. I feel a different way in clubs. Uh, mm. Some are good at mixing it. I feel like Comedy Store has blended what that even means anymore. But Faded is real hard to pin because it has the feel of a very independent East Side room, but gets big drop-in people. How do you how do you feel about the LA comedy scenes uh like East Side slash alt comedy versus club idea? What does that do for you as a performer? Uh I mean it's it's definitely the clubs I feel like are more for tourists. Mm. Like I, I don't understand why a a, a civilian who are like a person who just like lives in in LA would would go to them regularly. Mm. I think if you're in town and you're you know you're visiting from somewhere and you want to go to the to the the comedy store because you want to go to the comedy store, you're in LA. Do that if you you know same thing. But like I don't think that it's you know it's it's do you want to go to the do you want to go to the Chateau Marmont every two months or do you want to have like mm. a reliable dive bar that you go to every couple weeks like. Mm. Uh, for me, I want to have that um, that dive that the the an affordable experience, an experience where I'm not being like cattled in and out, where I'm just like, or where I get to like, this is my Friday night, you know, this is my like, I I'm having an, a time. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's me as far as like what I'd look for as a if I were a customer. Um, but I know that I'm you know maybe in the minority on that one. Mm. when you were scouting places for faded is there anything that you're like for sure looking for to make it a good room um no not really i mean it's kind of just like low ceilings is usually what you want to go for but obviously with an outside show we can't we don't have that option but it's mm-hmm. the sound contained well because of how cornered the space is so it's all that plywood yeah yeah uh, mm-hmm. you know i didn't know what the fuck i was doing but i, I fucking hung it up and made it work you like channeled all the little boy energy and made a fort basically i really did it's just it's really a fort there's nothing holding any of it up i hope nobody fucking when brooks was leading against it i was like first of all brother that is fresh paint. get off that uh and second fucking that is rickety brother as a performer what type of show or location feels like an away game and what feels like a home game I mean, Faded obviously feels like a home game most times, but Faded, I mean, for a home game, Faded's pretty tricky for me just because of the fact that, like, there's so many, like I said, there's so many people that are there every week. I can't, like, run back the same shit all the time. Yeah. 
So I try, but like, that's a challenge. I like that. I like that challenge. I like being like, and even when I tell some of the same shit, it's usually with a different, uh, different stuff tapped on or with, you know, different angle, different uh, mm. you know, beats here and there. So it's not, you know, even if the audience is hearing it again, they're hearing a newer version of it. So it's, it's, you know, it's something. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, you know, my, my little, my little dirt bit and, and where I like to go. But as mm. far as away games, like, I mean, every club, every club, I fucking, it's, it's a very, I don't know. It's just like it, I mean, every, every club in Los Angeles, every comedy club outside of this fucking cesspool of a city is like, great. There's so many great comedy clubs across the country. And I, you know, especially like Helium's great fucking uh, comedy works in Denver is great. Stand up live in Phoenix. I really enjoyed um, hilarities in uh, Cleveland's great. Um, mm. a, a bunch of great clubs, um, but I wish they'd give me money to headline them more. Yeah. People say never blame the audience. But what do you wish more audience members understood? Uh, that we can see you in the second row. I know the title of the show is Don't Sit in the Front, but just fucking sit in the front. Move to the front. It, it <laughs> makes for a better show. Like, you got to understand, for the comics, it'll make for a better show. For people that are coming in, it'll make it easier for them to sit down. Because then when you fucking, like, you, when you sit in the second row and new people come in, they're like, why are people not sitting in the first row? And maybe they can't get to the second, the first row. So, like... When you first get there, if you're there early, just fucking do it. You might even get beers out of it, especially at Faded. If I see people just like willingly sitting in the front row, I'm usually like, hey, here's a beer. Good job. Um, and we can also, we can see you in the second row. So if you think it's like somebody's going to like pick on you because you're sitting in the first row, like if you're doing something dickheadish, I'll see you in the second row. Like don't, don't sweat that. Like I can see you in the fourth row probably. I can see you in most rows. So just sit close by and like the laugh and like the laughter will be better. The pictures will look better. Uh, so just, yeah, just sit in the front. But the, I, and I named the show after like an instinct I had is like being a, a quieter person trying to go to this very bombastic uh, type of art form that I love so much. Yeah. And then also just noticing that that's the thing of like people who are in the know of going to comedy shows a lot. They're like, don't sit in the front. But I will say it last week at Faded when you said like, Hey, the front row is empty. That speaks to like the community of faded. I think a bunch of people all moved up and filled it in better. Yeah. Cause they want to have a good show. They yeah. I mean, they, they, you know, there's, especially the, there's, I know three of the people that moved up are people that are there all the time. So they, mm. they, they know the score. They know I'm just like, and it's, I know what the fuck I'm talking about. I've done this a million times. Like, trust mm. me, just fucking, it'll make the show better. Like, it's not like, I'm not going to hit you. I'm not like, what am I going to do? What was your first set back on stage after quarantine and how did it go? It was, um, I think it was actually helium. I think it was helium. I had to do, or, uh, no, it was a, a show that I did in San Francisco on my way to helium, but helium I was doing, I hadn't done stand up in a fucking year and a half. And I was doing 45 minutes in the fucking 80 degree sun because mm. it was outside and it was at five o'clock and i was absolutely melting um but i made it through it and uh we all oh, this, this was the the year that because portland was so fucking hot the last year or two yeah yeah mm. and it was uh it was it was nice that uh a cop drove by like right as i was ending my set and we just we just booed him until he drove off and that was what <laughs> I, I i got to walk off to i was like yeah fuck that guy i'm like Malloy, yeah let's go <laughs> 
and just got off stage like that. It was great. See, this is the I've been saying this is the golden era of outdoor shows, and those types of opportunities can only happen when we're outside. So yeah, yeah. you know, it's not great when you can hear or see the cars, but sometimes an opportunity like that arises and you just gotta pounce. Have you ever seen a representation of stand-up in a fictional form, movie, book, show, anything like that that feels like it nails it or says something about it important? Um, no. Uh because I feel like, I don't know, every, every, uh, no, I mean, I guess like, no, no, not really. I, I, maybe I'm just, I don't see enough. I don't watch enough shows about stand up. I don't mm. really like, I try to very much have a life outside of stand up. So the only thing that I like can or have to talk about is stand up. Mm. I, I don't want to talk about stand up most of the time. I, like, there's every every once in a while, I'm just like, all right, cool, we'll talk shop. But like, most of my daily life, I don't like, I don't think about stand up like that. I just I write shit down and then I go do stand up. I don't want like I fucking hate the business end of all this shit. Like, I don't want to talk to people about any of this shit. Mm-hmm. But it's I wish it was just doing the job, but it's not. It's, it's sadly not. What uh, what kind of things that you were you able to get into in quarantine because you got to put that on hold for a little bit or was it mostly just kind of numb it was mostly just survive um mm. I, I played a lot of video games i learned to stream a little bit i learned how to um how to uh make a lot of good cocktails and i smoked a bunch of weed so those four things pretty much uh pretty much filled up my dance card i start with a bad one to then get to a good one, but uh, what is your worst stand-up related memory or experience? If you can't Ooh. narrow it down to one, it ends up being better. So there was a time I was doing a show at uh, Cheers in Boston. Uh, it used to be a bar called the Bull and Finch, and then they they turned it into a spot called Cheers, and they used to run a show in the basement. And I was on stage and I was talking, and this woman would not shut the fuck up. And I eventually just go, what what are you yapping about and she stood up got on stage and started talking about how she was running for attorney general of massachusetts uh-huh. and like tried taking the microphone from me i was just like get the fuck out of here lady <laughs> uh and and she won and you mean she won attorney general or she won she's, the scuffle for the mic now no she's now the attorney general of the state of massachusetts mara mara healy i believe her name is mm. Yeah, she is now the attorney general of the state of Massachusetts. So one of the good ones, I guess, progressive. She was there with her wife. So mm-hmm. I assumed she was, I assumed I was voting for her. I probably did. I actually, you know what? I probably left that one blank out of spite. And because of the yeah. way up in Massachusetts, <laughs> it's absolutely something I did was leave that one blank out of spite. You didn't appreciate the, the hostile takeover of your time on the stage and taking that space for, you know, one, pursuing one's political career, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, uh, the, the stage is sacred and I did not invite her onto it. So for her to just climb up there, I was just like, you, like, if you were a man, I'd have, th- I'd have physically thrown you off of this stage. But mm-hmm. <laughs> since you are the top cop in fucking Massachusetts, I guess I can't. Probably a bad idea. You talked yeah. about before kind of being like, um, 
like former former dumbass talking to current dumbasses did you have you had a lot of um did you ever have people come on stage and physically like try to fight you anything like that no no i um i mean there's been some over the 10 years there's been chirp and, and chatter um not nobody nobody's ever uh thought to follow through with it is i think i you know somebody says they're gonna beat me up i that's usually a, a, a thing that i'd be like all right let's all right cool well, we'll, we'll, let me finish my set and we'd find out about that but like, yeah <laughs> at least in my younger days now i'm just like are you really we're gonna we're gonna fight is that way you're you gonna fight me over a joke i made fucking mm-hmm. big pry baby and just wait until security grabs them and beats them up you mentioned uh traveling and performing in a couple different places does that ever does that change how that goes it get a little bit weirder with uh, when you have things that are not overtly political but you are kind of referencing a different position someone might have about i don't know gender or race or things like that does that harder to not, do out of la or different it depends um so a lot of the times in the states when um daniel sloss is, is here i open for him mm. and in front of his crowds i can do my la act because nobody's seeing him by accident nobody's uh mm-hmm. not a you know, no conservatives are going to see Daniel Sloss. Um, and, yeah. But it's, you know, same thing. If if it's an audience that that paid to see me, then, yeah, I'm going to do my I'm going to do my shit. I'm going to do the shit that, that they would expect from me, because, or at least, you know, won't won't be fucking shocked by mm-hmm. um, in a different area. You know, I'm, I'm I'm I'll probably still do the or if it's not a show where, you know, people don't know me or they're not sure, I'll probably just, you know, boil the frog slowly like i'll just i'll you know i'll I'll slowly just start cranking the heat up before they mm. realize it like you know i'm not going to go whole hog right off the bat but i'll i'll start dipping my toes and, and seeing how far i can push it and then if i push it too far i'll try to course correct or i'll fucking double down it depends on the kind of move i'm in mm. <laughs> do you have like a stance on uh if you're bombing like what to do do you lean into it you kind of relish it some people seem to sort of uh think it's funny and like it and kind of lean into it yeah i mean what am i gonna like pretend it's not happening i know when something Mm -hmm. doesn't hit and even when i'm having a good set and something just doesn't land right i can still acknowledge it i can still like uh, you know it's at least if the fucking acknowledgement of it gets a reaction that's something that you can fucking build on that's something you can kick into the next year with like I'm just gonna fucking like try to continue doing jokes like this is a fucking late night set, or am I gonna acknowledge mm-hmm. that there's people in the room who yeah, heard that and didn't fucking react? Yeah, that's why I love the the live experience, especially is like like last week at Faded, uh, Brooks Whelan was like, I'm gonna try new jokes, haven't done stand up in a year, and like you could tell he just did not flinch. I was in the first row, I could see him. He just like, well doesn't work gonna keep going there's more of these yeah. they're not gonna be good <laughs> this is just like that's why i love uh that living in la for that experience getting to see people work out like that then i end up uh with what is your best stand-up memory oh that's probably that's a tough one um i mean it's all they're all pretty good um i don't have any that stand out in particular but just being able to create 
a fun environment with my friends was, was really the goal. And uh, I wish my friends were still around, but I'm still here doing it, I guess. Yeah, a lot of people moved around and scattered during the, the pandemic, and it's sort of filtering out of who's going to stay around. Uh, but do, do you have like some point where you realize like faded was working and you're going to, you know, make that your kind of lean into it as a business like that? Uh, I mean, I think after the first couple ones, we knew we, we had something pretty good. And I think that we, over the, over the pandemic, we did a good job to keep our, our names in people's minds. Um, and there's a lot of people that, you know, turned to the, the faded stream because they didn't have that, that outlet anymore. And there's a lot of people who are now coming to faded because they found us from the stream during the pandemic. So that's kind of like, you know, we, we, it was time well spent. You know, it was, it was time that we could have just kicked can down the road and been like, all right, well, fucking, we'll resume this when we resume this. And we could be in the same position that a lot of these shows are in where they just, you know, people aren't coming out for them because they're not doing anything special. They don't have that sort of like brand loyalty that we do. Like, it's like fucking hate, you know, phrasing it like that. But it's people, it's, it's reliable. It's that they know that they're getting a good product. They know that they're getting, you know, something that, is has a high value which mm-hmm. is like the i always try to look at it that way like if, if you know if i if i spend 15 dollars and i have x amount of fun is that better than spending you know 80 dollars and having like just slightly more fun it's just like all right well at least like on a like i love that a lot of people for friday nights is just like well, if I don't have any plans, I'm going to fade it because what else would I do? Well, like, what else could I do on a Friday night? Like, I'll I'll meet I'll meet up with some people that I fuck with, and either we'll we'll go somewhere else from there, or we won't. And but I'll at least I've spent two good hours and and very little money in that time. Yeah. Yep. I have a a friend who I'm gonna take them to their first real kind of stand up show. Uh, we're going to fade it on this Friday. Hell yeah. And, and I said like, yeah, it's 15 bucks. They're just like, when I told them about names that have been on in the past, I'm just like, yep, it's just 15 bucks. So definitely a great deal. Yeah. Most of these people would each cost like 20 bucks if they came to your town. Like if, if they like at the very least. So the fact that we, we get them all in one place and, uh, and, you know, for, for that little, and you can literally just spend $15. If you want to come in with your own beer, you can do that. I don't give a shit. Like if you run out of beer and you need to buy some from us, great. We got some, but mm. <laughs> I want it to like, I just want it to be that for, for people. Yeah. And then I always talk about on the show, I'm sober. So like when a show's like making their money on bar sales or whatever, and then they, or there's a minimum or something that always fucks me over this show, I can bring in something non-alcoholic. It's, it's great. Yeah. And we like, also, you know, I know that a lot of that, uh, the, the, the talk of faded is, is a centered around alcohol and, and weed. And I'm sitting here fucking smoking a weed, but like, we also like, we have a bunch of people that come and that are sober. We're never going to be like, fucking buy something. It's just like, no, fucking you paid $15 to be here. That's mm-hmm. what it like, you know, like, I don't care. What am I going to fucking make you, make you chug something? I'm 35 years old. I'm not yeah. Anybody. Yeah. And I'll just end up by saying like, uh, I found out about faded from AFE, the all fantasy, everything podcast. And then when you, that kind of became a sort of hub of AFE fans around the country, when you had the faded Twitch stream. So then there's people mm-hmm. on there connecting across the country, like, uh, 
letting people know like off off the off the stream on the slack talking about their different local cause they're raising money for things like that so there's this cool kind of community of people that like comedy i always think of faded as kind of in the extended universe uh sort of sister show to afe and all the they call it the good vibes game for a reason um so yeah this is just a, a great uh this was great to talk to you mike i'm a, been a fan of faded then i went away for a bit then the pandemic so then it really became this thing like oh, i got to get back to faded i'm really glad you're back glad you're doing it outside and you're doing it the right way with vaccinations uh is there anything you want to we talked so much about faded but can you give us your social media handles and different uh could you just explain like you do have the online um you still have the online uh the happy hour show so yes uh so uh every thursday except this thursday this thursday we're not doing it because we're in a little while we're doing a uh a stream for the uh the pro wrestling show so uh in a little while it'll be or this when is this air this will be this friday oh friday okay so yeah tell them to check next thursday we have um apollavi gunnelin on the show so uh, she'll be on uh, we'll be drinking something. I don't know what yet. Me and uh, me and Danny will have to sit down and decide what's on next week's menu, but it'll be something delicious, I'm sure. Uh, so yeah, every Thursday, seven o'clock Pacific time, uh, we basically just make a bunch of drinks and shoot the shit and uh, and have a good time with some comedian friends. So do check that out. And uh, yeah, Faded every Friday. Uh, do check out Faded Denver. If you're in the Denver, Denver area, David runs that. Um, I don't know when our October show is. I'm sure it's on fadeddenver.com. Uh, fadedcomedydenver.com uh so do check that out and uh yeah for me fake mike malloy on the instagram and then uh nice nice online boy uh on the twitter so do do check me out there yeah nefarious and wanted on several media uh, social media platforms but he's back uh and we got him here and don't sit in the front uh i hope the feds don't come after us um yeah thanks so much for making time mike yeah man thanks for having me Thank you for listening to Don't Sit in the Front. Please rate and subscribe and leave me a review. You can follow the show on Twitter with the handle don't underscore sit or don't sit in the front, all one word, on Instagram. Our music is composed by Chris Helking and our cover art is provided by Memory Bloom Studio. Thank you so much for listening and just remember to always punch up and keep swinging. <laughs>